0: The Pyramid of Djoser was constructed in the Saqqara necropolis of Egypt in the 27th century BC. 4,600 years ago, workers piled limestone brick on top of limestone brick to form the earliest colossal stone building in Egypt.
1: Egypt was already ancient, but few earlier structures remain. It was Pharaoh Djoser of the Third Dynasty who first had the audacity to defy the ages and build something that would tower above the sands to this day.
0: But how many structures since then have stood the test of time?
1: How many structures are built to last into eternity?
0: This is a requirement that we don't often face as an industry. But in one ongoing project, and perhaps more to follow, it will become a requirement.
1: Imagine if the ancient Egyptians had nuclear power. The first nuclear power plant was Calder Hall, turned on for the first time in the UK in October 1956.
0: 66 years ago.
1: Our best estimates suggest that we need to store spent nuclear fuel for 100,000. In the timelines demanded for the disposal of nuclear material, the distinction between the ancient Egyptians and ourselves is almost meaningless. But this is a challenge that has been placed before us, storing nuclear fuel for far longer than civilization has yet existed, for longer even than Homo sapiens have been the only humans on Earth.
0: In other words, it is a challenge for tunnelling.
1: Hello and welcome to the Tunnelling Podcast. I'm Alex Conacher.
0: And I'm Ryan Owen.
1: In this episode, we are travelling to Finland to look at the Onkalo project.
0: This is a deep geological disposal site for spent nuclear fuel. The first in the world. Construction and storage will be ongoing for the next 100 years and will occupy the skills of generations of engineers and technicians.
1: In this episode, we will learn about the Onkalo project, we will meet one of the first in this chain of experts active on the site, and we will learn what it takes to defy eternity. But first, some background.
0: In 2000, the Finnish government made a decision in principle that out of all of the final disposal options, disposal in deep bedrock offers the best and most realistic possibilities to isolate high-level nuclear waste from the biosphere.
1: Disposal in the depths of the ocean, where radioactivity is naturally high and waste would eventually be subsumed into the mantle, was another option, as was the slightly less realistic option of blasting material to the sun.
0: Counterintuitively, the sun is actually the most energy-intensive place to travel to in the solar system. You first need to exit the Earth's gravity well. Then you need to shed solar orbital velocity before you even begin to approach our nearest star.
1: All geological disposal involves the deposition of spent nuclear fuel deep underground. And here, Finland is lucky.
0: The quaternary ice sheets that covered Finland scraped an average of 25 metres of rot from the surface of the country. The erosion is highly visible in the geology and the southern half of Finland is effectively sitting right on the bedrock.
1: This stable, hard, ancient rock is exceptionally good material for a deep disposal facility. The UK is still deciding on its best location, whereas Finland, blessed by geology, could pick based on proximity to nuclear plants and very little else.
0: But in Finland's crystalline bedrock, stability is assured for the lifetime of any project. Water ingress offers just about the only threat.
1: Finland decided that although this problem must not be carried over to the next generation and that work on such a facility must begin immediately, they must also not close the door to technological progress.
0: While any disposal facility is being filled, it must be possible to retrieve the fuel at any time.
1: This is because there are already reactor designs being tested that are capable of utilising the spent fuel from earlier reactor generations, burning it up almost entirely.
0: See episode number 146, Small Modular Reactors, of our sister podcast, Engineering Matters, for more information.
1: If by some happy chance this technology matures before we finally seal disposal facilities, we must be able to act on it.
0: So that is the philosophy of nuclear fuel disposal in Finland.
1: Enter the Onkalo project. Onkalo means small cave or cavity in Finnish. But in context it's sometimes translated as hiding place. Onkalo is the first fully realized final deposition site to be excavated in the world. It is 2 kilometers from the Olkiluoto nuclear plant in the southwest of Finland. The company in charge is called Posiva, which was set up in 1995 with a remit to research and create a method of final disposal of spent nuclear fuel from the plants. Onkalo is a network of tunnels stretching down over 500 metres beneath the surface, with a spiralling road for access and a main shaft. Initially, five tunnels will spread out from the final depth. They are about 350 metres long, 4.5 metres high, and 3.5 metres wide. They will have around 30 deposition holes for carefully designed canisters. Fuel will first be placed in boron steel cases, then enclosed in a copper capsule. Each capsule will then be placed within its own hole in the repository, then packed in with bentonite.
0: The final deposits will be made in 2024. Once entirely full, in about 100 years' time, the facility will be backfilled and sealed, effectively forever.
2: Support from this episode comes from Surumi UK. Surumi UK, the leading manufacturer of superior quality single and free phase submersible pumps, are proud to announce the release of their new 2022 catalogue. The Surumi UK catalogue offers their complete range of European Surumi models, incorporating almost 100 years of extensive pump knowledge four new dewatering pumps have been added to Surumi's KTZ range. These pumps are deep well, high head submersible water pumps for groundwater containing sand. Constructed in superior grade materials throughout, the KTZ range provide exceptional performance in harsh operating conditions and are capable of pumping to full capacity, even while partially submerged. Surumi's KTZ and the rest of the Surumi free phase range are ideal for dewatering applications within tunnelling projects. With demands for tunnels constantly increasing, Surumi UK are proud to be able to supply their extensive range of products to the tunnelling market, accompanied by a three-year guarantee to live up to their slogan that their products are stronger for longer. To order yourself a catalogue, contact the sales team at inquiries at surumi.uk. T-S-U-R-U-M-I
1: Even filling Oncolo will be the work of generations. The first people were thinking about this decades ago. The first disposal tunnels began construction early in 2021 and the last ones will be dug 100 years from now.
0: So let's meet someone forging the first link in this chain of engineers. Someone who studied geology at university.
1: But did she dream of working in earth science as a child? Was it a family industry?
3: Uh, No, not really. My parents, they are in the nuclear field, but um, when I was in in high school, I, I was wondering what i want to do <laughs> so when i'm grown and 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 after that i was very interested in geography i had a very nice teacher in brussels
1: this is sophie harpaletto rock mechanics engineer for posseva but she started out at the european school in brussels
3: and when i had those lessons i was very interested in the physical parts or everything with the rocks and and So it was geography, but (laughs) in a more larger uh, way. And and when I was looking for the different types of studies, I understood that that it's not really the humanity side of the geography, but the the geology was the the thing. But I, I like the like in our project. It's not only the science; it's also also the society and, and those issues which
0: which are very interesting. Problem solving but for the issues we are interested in as a society.
1: Sophie moved on to do geology at the Pierre and Marie Curie University in Paris and it was there that she had the opportunity to get involved with Oncolo in her native Finland.
3: I applied for summer training for Posiva and and that that's one way and also like i said my parents are in the nuclear field up so maybe somewhere there was something <laughs> going on in in the discussions
0: this was 2014 when she got involved in the summer work
3: and i remember the first time i wasn't uh, or there were some colleagues they they get to to get down and i was uh, sad because I I, <laughs> I wasn't there that day so I remember that I was uh, quite disappointed when the first time I had a chance I wasn't there so.
1: But opportunities came and Sophie joined Posiva full-time after her Master of Science in Geoscience, Bedrock Geology and Economic Geology at the University of Helsinki. Her first time traveling down through the Onkalo was dominated first by the preparation you have to do.
3: Before you go in the the tunnel, so you have those um, security uh, helmets and and uh, everything to put on and and everything. So so you know that okay, this is not just uh, you are going in a parking lot There is something more important in that way. And and I remember when I get there, going down, I I felt the, the pressure of the the rock. So in my ears was plopping and and I, I i felt like physically that okay we there is something different because um okay I after that I I went to few mines though so there you you can go with by by elevator and that's a more it's even more <laughs> you 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 feel really the difference but by car when you go down there it's longer and also you you feel the the pressure like little by
1: little now sophie often has to take visitors from other organizations down through the facility but if they were expecting something more from the gateway into eternity sophie says the most common comment is
3: okay it's not that impressive it's like uh, a normal parking hall okay the way down is more longer because it's five kilometers to get there and and uh, after that, all you see nowadays or um, before the COVID, uh, it was like installed ventilations. It's not that impressive in the in that way. But now we are excavating the real deposition tunnels, and when we are going to have those deposition holes there, I think it's more impressive in that way because it's it's. The, it will be the reality uh, in a way that everyone is imagining it now.
0: Sophie's role has changed over time as she has taken on more responsibility.
3: Yeah, the, the first job was uh, mainly regarding everything uh, on the rock mechanics part, uh, the, the research that we have done there and still doing. And with years, I, I was more implemented on uh, rock mechanics monitoring there, because we have this monitoring programme with different science fields, and I was responsible for the rock mechanics part. And yeah, that was my, my main job, and you know it's my change, and I um, now I'm managing the um, rock design uh, part, so Posiva is not doing the design itself, but we need someone to, to communicate with the designers.
1: And the other role?
3: I like to imagine that I have two, two helmets or caps and, and the other one is uh, that I'm responsible for the systems. We have those uh, technical systems, but also we, we see that uh, the, the tunnels and the deposition holes are systems itself and someone needs to see what are the requirements for its system. Or do we meet the, the the requirements when we are doing the tunnels and, and everything like that?
1: Requirements such as making sure the tunnel is the correct size, shape and grade, which gets more precise as you get closer to the canisters themselves.
0: Precision is everything, but the timelines are different to those encountered on a regular project.
3: The processes that you are monitoring are, can be very slow because... Of the 100 years, you are maybe seeing something after 50 years or something. And my <laughs> actual work is maybe focusing more on the how we are going to uh, make those tunnels. And the inflow in the tunnel is not that large. And also that it's safe for the workers to do to do their work there with the reinforcements and everything like that.
1: The timescales and precise requirements of the project are divided into four long-term safety criteria.
3: How much water can inflow in the tunnels, how much EDZ, so this excavation damage zone we can have, and um, the third one is more like um, what materials we can use there.
1: Because you don't want to use materials that could, in any way, endanger or degrade the capsules or the eventual backfilling of the tunnels,
3: and also the the fourth one, which is not that specific in that way, but we want also when we do the tunnels see that we are not creating different paths with with um, drilling or something for for under between the tunnels and maybe the the surface of the the ground.
0: So these are the main areas, but really water monitoring and control is the only critical natural element that is a concern in Finland due to the exceptionally stable geology.
1: When a geologist looks at a map of Europe, they see a rainbow spread of all the different types of rock. But Finland is mostly one colour. Despite this, the studies at Oncolo were so intense that they managed to identify a little under 10 rock types.
3: Still hard though. And we had those those samples compressed very highly and uh, we had these acoustic emission measurements which are, were uh, measuring a lot of cracking for the rock and it was so huge that the um, Scientists making those measurements, they thought that, okay, this sample will be totally uh, crushed.
1: But when they looked at the sample at the end of the experiment...
3: They saw that, okay, (laughs) the crushing was inside of the sample.
1: But visually, it was not crushed at all.
0: At the moment, the project is excavating the first five deposition tunnels for the initial capsules. Which are expected to be deposited in 2024, following licensing and approvals. And I, I understood like a few weeks
3: ago we reached the the over the half of the the, the total meters that we are going to excavate for this five. So one tunnel is 300 meters about. So it's they are, they are quite long and. Uh, in parallel we are also preparing this, this, this larger test that we are um, where we are testing the, the machinery that are going to, to make those um, deposition holes and installation of the capsule and, and the buffer.
1: The first full test with dummy fuel running from the nuclear power plant to the deposition hole.
0: The dry run.
1: Final sealing of the canisters will be this bentonite system.
3: So it's a clay and and, uh, the properties that we are looking for, this feeling is that we don't want that water, which can be transporting the nucleates from the the fuel outside, but also uh, all the bad waters, chemically uh, corrosive waters, we don't want them to go to the canister, so the clay has this very poor capability of transporting water and um, also the clay is expanding. We are putting this clay dry in the, the tunnel and as soon as it's uh, in contact with water, it, it's going to swell.
1: Swell and fill all the empty voids to ensure long-term safety. As final disposal progresses, the repository will be expanded by excavating more deposition and central tunnels. According to the current estimates, the final disposal operations will continue until the 2120s.
0: When the operations of the disposal facility end, the central tunnels, the associated vehicle connections and auxiliary rooms at the deposition depth will be closed first.
1: After that, the other tunnels are closed. And lastly, the access connections to the ground level, For example, the vehicle tunnel, the shafts, and the test holes that have already been drilled. In the interests of long-term safety, it's essential that the repository is backfilled and closed in such a way that the bedrock situation returns as close as possible to the natural state prior to the excavation of the repository. Closure will isolate the repository from interference and from the surface conditions. The closure prevents the formation of direct flow paths between the ground level and the repository, and ensures that all the backfill of the deposition tunnels remains in place. Natural materials compatible with the surrounding rock and having poor hydraulic conductivity will ensure the long-term functioning and safety of the final disposal. And so it will wait until it becomes safe.
0: Or until technology we cannot imagine becomes available, and we open up this pyramid of our times.
1: The Tunnelling Podcast is a production of Reby Media. This episode was written and hosted by me, Alex Conacher. My co-host was Ryan Owen. Sound engineering by Ross McPherson. Series supervision by John Young and our executive producer is Rory Harris. Thank you for listening. You can find The Tunnelling Podcast on all podcast apps and on our website, tunnelling.reby.media.